Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Everybody, what is going on? How are my fellow travelers doing today? As you can tell, I am in the mobile studio. And today is Tuesday. It's the 22nd of September, 2020. I tell you in a way this year has gone by quite uh, gone by, excuse me, quite slowly, and in other ways it's kind of zipped right through as we're approaching the end of September. Uh, We've got about, what, another month or so before the election, and then, oh boy, what's going to happen? I don't know. So anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about today is a little bit of politics and kind of what I think is probably going to happen. But before we jump in with that, let's go ahead and let me give you my contact information. There is the voicemail, which you are limited to three minutes on that. And the number for it is 206-745-2731. Now, if you would like to just send in an email and I can read it for you on the show, or if you would want to do your own audio and just send me either an MP3 Let me repeat that in case that was too loud from the motorcycle guy going by. So if you wanted to send in your own MP3 or a WAV file or something like that uh, that you've done on your cell phone or if you've got your own audio recording equipment, the place to send that. uh, Also the place to send if you have any questions or suggestions or maybe you want me to take a look at an article or something like that that you're interested in or thought would be maybe interested for the rest of uh, our fellow listeners. The place to send that is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word. Firearmscafe at protonmail, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. If you go over to the website, you will find buttons for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. There is also a PayPal donation button located at the web page and if you like the show and would ever consider supporting it financially you can just click on that button and follow the prompts it's easy peasy if you can't or if you don't want to that's great I would ask maybe that you share the show with somebody you think would like it and if you could I would ask you guys to go over and maybe check out my YouTube channel and if uh, the easiest way to do it quickest way to do it is just to go to the website and click on the YouTube button. It'll take you right to my channel. Uh, my numbers are starting to get up a little bit, so I know some of you guys, I'm sure, have subscribed, and I'm trying to put a little bit more contact, uh, contact, content, there we go, out on YouTube and try and build that up a little bit. So I think that is going to do it for our social media stuff. Generally, you know, with uh, well, this will be kind of the last thing of the 
housekeeping stuff, I guess. Generally, I don't do too much with that uh, as far as, you know, constantly doing things. It's pretty much just a thing of, oh, hey, the show's out. Uh, and, and uh, you know, here's a link to it if you want to listen to it, that type of thing. And I usually will do that on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Instagram, uh, I just put this... It's not even really necessarily show-related. I just sort of throw out whatever pictures I kind of find interesting. So, anyway... Let's start talking a little bit about some politics and kind of what's going on and what do I think is going to happen. And I'd like to hear your guys' opinions on it too. And let me know sort of what you think is going to happen. So the big question is, do you think Trump is going to win re-election? Do you think it's going to be Biden? Do you think that the, uh, the press over the last... Four years or so, approximately, has sufficiently kind of run a propaganda campaign, I guess, against him. And it's pretty much, you know, been since day one. Do you think that will have an effect? I, you know, I don't know. The country is so polarized right now, and especially if you're in one of those parties. So if you're either a Democrat or a Republican, you're so polarized that it almost just, it, it kind of doesn't matter. And the press sort of makes, oh, uh, I think, maybe a bigger deal of this, of the never-Trump people, of Republicans who are, you know, saying, oh, I'm never going to vote for that guy, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know that, that those numbers are sufficient enough to make any kind of a difference long term if you know if you were looking at his campaign type thing at the at Trump's campaign and with a lot of the protests uh, which I didn't have any problem with an actual protest that's fine but once you know it goes into rioting and it goes into people getting their businesses burned down on top of everything where if you didn't lose your business and you were just barely staying afloat and then all of a sudden it got burned down, you know, due to the, uh, due to the, to the riots and you had just, you know, just holding on by the skin of your teeth through the pandemic. I don't know. And it seems like a lot of those businesses, and well, I guess I really shouldn't say, cause I don't know a hundred percent, but a lot of the stuff that I saw were either black owned or minority owned, or it was, you know, just some, hard-working guy type thing that gets his business torn down. So anyway, uh, talking about all that goes to the thing of generally when there's a lot of riots, people tend to want to go, and there's a lot of unrest, a lot of civil unrest, people tend to want more kind of law and order type stuff. They want to say, oh, wait a minute, okay, you know, this this protest and that went on for a week or two, that's... Uh, that's fine, and but now you know things need to get kind of back to normal, or I need to be able to get to my job. And when we saw things like parts of, of certain cities were taken, were literally taken over, and you saw that the government didn't do anything when they were doing the defund the police stuff, and your local government, your city government, your state government didn't really do anything. Whether you think the federal government should have jumped in on that or not, 
But even then, at first, the federal government didn't do anything. And, uh, you know, so we saw stuff where it's like, okay, certain governments were like, you want the police defunded? We, we just won't show up. And when that type of stuff happens, generally people are like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, you know, this is kind of going beyond and, and we're seeing kind of regular people are, are being damaged and being hurt. They're, they're having their property destroyed and they don't really have anything to do with what was going on. So the, the one thing where the cops shot that guy at the Wendy's and they burn, ended up burning down the Wendy's. Well, that, you know, Wendy's didn't have it. It's just where the place took, uh, where the incident took place. And of course, you know, people say, oh, it's Wendy's. It's a big con. It's a big, uh, corporation and blah 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 but you know that uh, as far as we know that could have been a franchise business where that's uh, you know you have it's not part of the corporation you know so the corporation doesn't own that type thing so uh, I don't know anyway Uh, so all that to say you know when when you have that generally people will will generally try and lean more toward Republicans, And when you had a lot of the stuff that the Democrats were doing, where they seemed to be saying, well, you know, we need to uh, listen to these protesters and, and uh, you seem to get all this stuff where they, if it's a Trump rally, it's bad. And if it's a, a right-leaning protest, it's bad. But if it's a left-leaning protest, then it's okay. It's fine. You know, you don't have to worry about the coronavirus, but... If you've got 10 people getting together at a park for a your kid's birthday party, that's bad and they're going to arrest you type thing. So, you know, and again, I, if you've listened to, to me long enough, you know I am not a Trump supporter at all. For me, I would say about the only, probably about the only good thing long lasting for us here in gun world is going to be who he's putting in some of these courts and who he's putting in some of the Ninth Circuit. And if you could get the Ninth Circuit, especially if he wins re-election, this would be about the, one of the only reasons I could see to vote for him, is he seems to put more conservative judges in those positions and those people in general, not always, but in general, seem to be more pro-Second Amendment. So... You know, we'll we'll kind of have to see going forward. Uh, now, speaking of uh, kind of the judicial system, I saw that recently that uh, Justice Ginsburg passed away, and some I know some people are going to kind of celebrate her her death because. They feel that, oh, this is a, a person who was going to try and strike a blow against individual liberty. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I always have a hard time, you know, unless the person was just a total monster, which I don't think she was. I think she had definite left leaning views, but I don't celebrate her, her death. I, uh, you know, she was, she had a family and had people that cared about her and, she cared about and those people are going through a hard time so uh, but having said all that uh, there is a vacancy now 
there is no way any of that stuff is going to sort of get through and, and be done before the election. He's not going to appoint. He may say, oh, this is a, a list of people that I want. But the Democrats are going to fight him tooth and nail, uh, everything. And depending on how the, uh, the election goes. So let's say if Trump wins re-election. What we're going to see is that it's going to be probably a replay of what happened with Kavanaugh. I don't know, and I'm not, and I haven't uh, really even taken the time, I guess, to look at who maybe somebody who would be considered to replace uh, Ginsburg. Would he seriously push through another uh, mail or is he going to at this time say oh I'm going to press up oh, press through I'm going to push through or I'm going to nominate a female justice uh, you know I, I don't know uh, I'm sure there are plenty of female justices out there that are, that are you know plenty qualified uh, but again it's everything's kind of a game unfortunately and it's it's like I've talked about before with some other stuff in that unfortunately we have sort of oh in, in most of our branches of government it seems that we have kind of abdicated authority if that's the right expression to the Supreme Court so when something comes through, it has to go up to the Supreme Court. So if, if either certain lawmakers uh, pass a law and one side or the other doesn't like it, then that needs to go to the, uh, you know, the higher courts and eventually it gets up to the Supreme Court, depending on what it is, if they decide to hear it. And unfortunately, in, in a lot of things, it seems like we have again, seeded a lot of our, what do I want to say, like governmental f philosophy on how things should run over to that Supreme Court to where if, you know, if you were a super liberal kind of person and you see that court going more conservative to you, it's going to sort of be the end of the world and vice versa. If you're more a conservative person, and the courts start to go more liberal, then you're going to be like, oh boy, this is not going to go good for us. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. Again, kind of going back to why would you, why would you, if, even if you didn't like Trump, why would you vote for him? Or, uh, and, and you're a gun person, and let's say that you are more democratic leaning or more a little bit they'll say you're a little bit left of center and or you're a little bit right of center so that those persons who are more centrist but are just a little bit one way or the other probably wouldn't have too much to argue about and let's say that both of you on those were gun people at at this point boy i think you could make the case for saying and and only on this part of it by saying, well, I don't think Trump is actively going to really try and ban AR-15s or AKs or do other stuff. I don't think he's going to do anything to where he's going to look to um, 
reduce certain NFA items and take some of that stuff off of, of the NFA item of the list. I don't think he's going to do anything that where he tells the um, ATF, "Hey, you know what? Let's go. Uh, let's go and and kind of uh, pull back on some of this stuff, or let's revisit uh, short barrel rifles and suppressors." I just don't think he's going to push for that type of stuff. So uh, I'm at my destination here, so that's what the noise you're hearing. But I've got a few minutes, so we can keep talking. Tell my I'm actually picking up my kiddo from school. So, uh, we'll keep talking until she gets out here. So with that, again, I don't, again, I don't think that he is necessarily going to be a, a great Second Amendment champion for us. But I do not think he is going to really go out there and look to ban tons of stuff. Uh, look to do things like uh, saying, oh, you know, you can't have... Uh, or, or let me rephrase it. He's not going to do things where I don't, well, at least I don't think he's going to push through like magazine, ma- excuse me, magazine bans. There we go. And things like that. Um, you know, one thing I would like to see is if you had a short barrel rifle, number one, especially with, with the, uh, the rise of the pistol brace and everything at this point, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, and with, for as long as pistol braces have been out and we're not seeing that, oh, those things are being, you know, used in all these crimes and all this other stuff. And it's just, uh, you know, the, the idea of having to register a short bell rifle in this day and age is just ridiculous. It should basically just be nothing. And if you wanted to do a, a pistol brace or you wanted to do a stock on it, something like that, it should be. And then let's say if they said, no, we're not going to do that, I think that you could do a thing where... What you would say is, well, then let's get rid of some of those restrictions on the short barrel rifle. Let's make it to where you don't have to send in another form if you're going to go out of state or something like that with it. It's just like, that's no big deal. It's already registered. Uh, What's the big whoop? So now let's get back to, uh, again, that um, the whole centrist person. So let's say if you got, had a guy who was a Democrat and leaned a little bit toward the left, but pretty much a centralized guy. And generally that person, you know, nine times out of 10 votes Democrat, but maybe when it comes to gun stuff, you know, he was like, well, you know, I know this person on the Democratic side, if, if push comes to shove, they're going to go against, uh, against guns. They're going to go for magazine bans. They're going to go for all sorts of restrictions. They're going to go for ammo restrictions, all sorts of things. If you were that centrist guy, I don't, and, and you were, again, a hardcore gun guy, I really don't see how you could vote for Biden, especially with a lot of the stuff that he said in the past, like he wants to, he for sure wants to ban pretty much any type of, almost any type of semi-automatic rifle. So things like ARs, AKs, uh, even something like, you know, a, uh, the HKs, the HK5 and all that kind of stuff. So, or the uh, HK5 and the MP5, there we go. I'm kind of looking around for my kid. So I'm a little distracted here. Uh, so again, I don't know. And when he said, oh, I'll put somebody like uh, Francis, or Robert Francis, what the heck was that guy's name? Uh, O'Rourke. 
like I would I would put this guy in charge of uh, gun control and things like that. And he's you know they they've they've made statements you know and especially him oh you know hell yeah we're gonna come after your ARs and your AKs and all this other stuff. So uh, again, you know if you if you do think your vote kind of matters, and again it would depend on where you live. I mean if you lived, we can even talk about that a little bit. If you live in probably Wyoming or maybe Montana, you're, and if you're a, a more of a liberal person, your vote may not count as much because it's, your state is going to go probably red. If you live you know, someplace like in Oklahoma and probably Texas and still probably Arizona, Arizona is, for right now, it's kind of a weird thing. Well, I'll get to that here in a second, but, you know, if you were, uh, if you live, again, if you live in California, if you live in New Jersey, if you live uh, certain other states, like Vermont, things like that, you're, if you're conservative, why vote? Almost, <laughs> because you're, you're not going to, uh, and I know, you know, at that point, you know, your vote in those states, especially, again, if you lived in, like, California, New Jersey, something like that, your vote in those states is pretty much a protest vote. Uh, and, again, if you live in some place like Oklahoma or certain parts of Arizona, I don't know, Arizona, well, let's talk about that. So they are saying that, that Arizona is kind of turning into a swing state. And I think part of that has to do with just Trump being office. If it were probably anybody else, I think I think Arizona would stay relatively red or conservative, however you wanted you want to say it. But we are seeing, and I've talked about this before. All right, I gotta go. Well, hey, my friends, you guys got time warped by about a month. So when we left off on that last segment. That you just heard it was I believe September 21st today is Friday and it is the 16th of October now I from what I recall I know and I am once again in the mobile studio from what I recall what I was talking about was a little bit about well what would kind of you know a middle-of-the-road person what would attract them to Trump or to or to Biden so no no real need to rehash that. Well, what I'd like to talk about kind of going forward as the election is only, by the time you're hearing this, you know, it's, uh, what, from today's date around, you know, three weeks or so out, what do I think is going to happen in, in gun world if, if Biden wins? What do I think is going to happen in gun world if Trump wins? And so let's, let's go ahead with, with Trump. If he is reelected, I, I, uh, and let's let's talk about this in. I guess we can talk about it in political terms, and then we can also talk about it in actual. What do we want to say? Like physical terms or, or real property terms, as far as actual guns and ammo and and uh, some legislative stuff that would happen with that as well. So if Trump wins, I think that there will be. Lots of protests. I think that there will be unrest. I think that there will be riots. Uh, um, how far that will go, I don't know. I don't know if there will there will be riots 
kind of out in my neck of the woods or riots in in some of the more what you would call maybe conservative states. I think there will be a lot of unrest in heavy democratically held places or democratically run democratically there we go run places. So places I think there'll be stuff like in California, there'll be stuff in Oregon, there'll be, you know, in Portland and, and some of these other places like that that are super, super liberal. So what I think that means for if we're looking at the drought of especially of ammo, uh, it seems it seems that when I look at actual firearms, it seems that those are while they are a little bit higher in price, they're not astronomical. You know, you're not paying a thousand dollars for a Glock 19. Uh, oh, that's a water bottle. You may hear, I don't know if you hear that and pick up on that thing or not, but you may hear that kind of jostling around. Anyway, but with with ammo, you are paying in some cases double the price of what you would normally pay just a few months ago. So I do think it, and if that happens, if there is a lot of unrest, people both on the right and on the left are they're going to they're going to start buying up guns again. Ammo is going to be as soon as it's available, it will be gone, so you'll see it and unless you click on it right then and there, you're not going to be able to buy it unless it is, you know, maybe like triple the price and then people are just going to say no, I'm not going to do that. If if I had zero ammo, this is a little bit of an aside, but if I had zero ammo, what I would probably do is I would buy maybe a hundred rounds or a couple hundred rounds max at the higher cost and say, well, I am paying more, but I'm, it, it's not this exorbitant amount that I'm spending to where I feel like, man, I am just getting hosed. Um, but anyway, I, I do think if he wins, of course, you're not going to... And I don't know how long that will go on. And I think what we'll see is sort of business as usual. A lot of this, too, depends on whether or not there's going to be a vaccine, whether or not there's going to be additional lockdowns, whether there's going to be shortages of other things. Uh, like So things like... Um, you know, are, Is there going to be a shortage of meat, especially over the summer? Is there going to be a shortage of of uh, certain foods, you know, I don't, I don't know. And it may, it may be very similar that when we had the first lockdowns, how there, you know, sometimes you could get stuff, sometimes you couldn't, but at least here and out in my area, you know, maybe let's say if you wanted oranges or something, maybe they didn't have them. And so you kind of do without, but you know, you could, and especially if you had some stuff stored away, you could generally get what you needed. And I think that will probably happen. It may not be that you can get, and again, we'll just use the example of oranges. It may be that you can't get, uh, you know, five oranges, but you can get two. So uh, again, uh, and a lot of that is just going to depend. But again, I'm kind of going off down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I don't, it's hard. There's so much other things where it's not just the election. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, too, if we start to hear, and, I, and I've already heard a little bit of it, about a vaccine. They're saying, oh, you know, we're probably going to have something maybe end of November, start of December. And if, they, if, the, if the government starts releasing that kind of stuff, I think that is going to help, uh, help Trump. Um, you know, when we look at 
a lot of the, the ads and stuff that I hear when I listen to the radio, it's all about how, you know, Trump screwed up the pandemic and Trump wants to get rid of and the, uh, the, uh, the Democrats would have handled it differently and how Trump basically wants to get rid of everybody's health care. The Democrats are going to, excuse me, going to do that differently. So, I, you know, uh, anyway. Uh, so I don't, uh, of course, if, you know, if Trump wins, like I said, there will be some unrest. I don't know how far it will go. I know that there will be some. I think even if Trump wins, I think the ammo shortage is probably going to go, I would say maybe for nine months, possibly a year into his second term, just because it's, it's going to have to get caught up. And I think, uh, you know, I, I get emails from, uh, you know, I've signed up for like Palmetto State Armory and a couple other places and there's some, some of the gun stores out here. And what I'm actually starting to see now is, again, nobody's paying $1,000 for a Glock 19. It's a little bit more. It's not, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars more. But there is stuff available. And I think that if you went into a gun store and said, well, hey, I'll put down... I don't know if they would do that, like a couple hundred bucks. I, you know, I don't know. I, it may work totally different in a gun store, that type of thing. But anyway, it seems that actual uh, actual firearms are actually coming back. Uh, but it's the ammo, of course, that's, that's dried up. So let's talk a little bit. Let's kind of jump over and let's talk a little bit about if Biden wins. So if Biden wins, there's really not going to be any... any type of civil unrest or riots or looting or, or, or anything like that. People are going to be unhappy and everybody on the right is going to freak out and they are going to freak out and really start look to buying up everything. And the fact, if you had some extra guns and you wanted to sell them, that would probably be the time to do it uh, if you haven't already. So let's say if you had, oh, you know, I, I had two or three 12 gauge shotguns and I, you know, I really only want to keep the one or something like that, you, you know, you could probably get a, a decent price for one. Especially if you had a little bit of extra 12-gauge ammo and you said, I'll throw in a box of 25, you know, but I, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to go too far down that, uh, talking about that stuff. So again, if Biden gets in, people are going to freak out because it used to be, and if you remember back to when Obama was first running, he had made those statements of, you know, I'm not going to take, you know, if, if people are telling you I'm going to take your guns away, that's not true. I'm not going to take your, I'm not going to take your shotgun. I'm not going to take your handgun. I'm not going to take your rifle. And if somebody says that to you, you tell them that that's not true. And, but people didn't believe that. And then when it was, and I guess the point that I was making with that, or the point maybe that should be taken with that, is that, even back then, as anti-gun as those guys were, they, they sort of had to at least pay lip service and say, no, I'm not going to do this. And we saw that he did lots and lots of in-runs and was subtle about some of the stuff that he did. But, or that I guess probably his administration, probably with his blessing or approval, some of the scams and things that, that happened. So when we look at, what's, at, at the rhetoric that's going on now, 
you see these guys, and maybe, and some people say, oh, they're just playing to their base, but they're not even hiding it anymore. They are saying, you know, like uh, O'Rourke said, you know, hell yeah, we're going to take your AR-15 and your AK-47s. And then Biden has said stuff too, like, oh, well, we're going to, uh, we're going to take, uh, you know, get these weapons of war off our streets and all this other kind of nonsense. So it is going to be interesting how they're going to handle stuff, especially as it's getting closer to the election. Uh, are they going to kind of back off that rhetoric or are they, do they figure, well, you know, the majority of people that are going to vote for us uh, aren't necessarily gun owners? I, I don't know. Or are they going to do a thing where they're like, you know what? We have seen um, so much increase in guns and ammo being purchased that a lot of our people are buying those things. They're buying rifles, they're buying shotguns, they're buying pistols, they're buying whatever they can get their hands on, revolvers. They're buying up all the ammo. Even hunting ammo is, all, is, is gone because I'm sure somebody walked in to some gun shop somewhere and there was just a, you know, like a, a Remington 270 or something like that. Um, now, speaking of that, I have, I've, I've, I've got a, uh, one of my hunting rifles is in 270. And I was thinking about buying some rounds because some of those things are still open. Now, I'm not going to buy thousands of, of rounds. Uh, I said open, but I, uh, are available is what I meant to say. So I'm not going to buy hundreds of rounds of 270. Or, or th- excuse me, I'm not going to buy a thousand rounds of 270. I may buy like a hundred or something like that just to have, again, ammo doesn't go bad. But even those, the price of those has, those have gone up, but the 270, because it's not like the 300 Win Mag or 30 out six, it's always been one of those kind of, I don't know, what would you call it? Maybe like a sleeper cartridge or a sleeper caliber. Um, I was always very fond of it. And with especially with the new ammunition and the new bullets and the new technology that's been poured into that, the 270 is, I think, is still a very good round. Uh, it will take pretty much anything on the North American continent. Uh, when you get up into, and that includes elk, uh, when you get up maybe into, if you're hunting like grizzly or maybe moose or something like that, eh, you're probably going to have to have pretty good shot placement. But with that, I think you, I think you could humanely harvest the, even the bigger game with that stuff. You know, but like I said, pretty much anything on the North American continent, I think that 270 would be able to handle. Again, with proper hunting loads and all that other stuff. And if you do your part, have good shot placement. So anyway, uh, like I said, I am thinking about ordering some of those. I think I've got maybe, oh, what, I don't know, maybe only 40 rounds of it. I haven't hunted that much, so it hasn't been a, a high priority. But like I said, I, uh, uh, high priority. Did I say that right? But like I said, I'm thinking about probably buying maybe about 100 rounds, which will cost me eh, 100 and some odd dollars. And then I, and that would be fine. And even if it is a little bit higher. But, you know, it's funny. Hunting ammo has always been high pro- eh, priced higher. Good Lord. I'm getting a little tongue-tied here. Anyway, uh, so let's let's... 
let's go back and let's talk about kind of what I think a Biden presidency would look like for us in gun world. And again, a lot of it depends on what's what's going to happen. Is there still going to be unrest? Is there going to be a thing where somebody gets killed by the police and this whole thing starts all over again? When they talk about defunding police, you know, what all this stuff, you know, which a lot of times in these super liberal cities, we've seen that that's what the that's what they're kind of at least verbally backing them. Are they going to do stuff where they're going to raise tons of taxes and do all this other stuff? And, you know, I don't know. But if we're looking at, again, in gun world, I think there will be a panic buy like you haven't seen. And maybe it, it I'm wondering how long in a Biden presidency, how long it would be very difficult to get ammo, how long it would be difficult. And I, I think if Biden wins, all the guns that you see that are now starting to to trickle back in. You know, when I look at like Scottsdale Gun Club, their newsletters that they're sending, when I look at Palmetto State Armory, stuff that they're sending out, when I look at uh, Atlant- was it, um, Atlantic Firearms and some other, some other things that I get their newsletters and stuff, and like I mentioned before, guns are coming back. And some of it you can, you know, um, they're maybe not the guns necessarily that you want, but they're there. But those things I think are going to be gone again. They're, gonna, they're just going to be out the door if Biden wins for him. And I don't know how long those would go for. It would depend on kind of what legislation was passed or tried to push through. A lot of it also depends both for Trump and for Biden. What's going to happen in the Senate? And I've been talking about on this show for a while about the race between Martha McSally and Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly is a Democrat. For those of you guys that aren't versed in Arizona's politics and McSally is the Republican. Now, McSally was, I'll give a little quick background. McSally was appointed by our governor, and she replaced John McCain. And she had been previously beaten by Kristen, uh, Kristen Sinema, uh, who was a Democrat. So because she was a special appointment, if she loses this election, and it is a, a pretty tight race, if she loses then I think Kelly, and I, I think I've got this right, I don't think he waits to be sworn in until January. I think he comes in maybe like a week after, if, it has, if it's not contested. I think he comes in and takes over. And he, um, because then he's like a duly elected person as opposed to somebody that was appointed and so I think he immediately pops into office, which would have consequences. In Arizona, it would mean that we have both our senators are Democrats. That we, we would have six years of Kelly, who's super anti-gun. We would also have another four years minimum of cinema. She hasn't, I haven't heard too much from her. She's been relatively quiet. She ran as a moderate. And so far, that's kind of what she does. Now, to be fair, it is um, as a moderate Democrat. When push comes to shove, is she, I'm, I'm sure she will probably play ball. You know, I, I, but especially with Kelly, he never met a gun restriction and a gun control law that he didn't just love to pieces. So, uh, again, 
depending on what's going on in the Senate, do do the Republicans maintain control of the Senate? If they do, then a lot of the crazy stuff that comes up from the House may not make it through. If they re, re, uh, regain or retain control of the Senate, and if uh, Barrett hasn't been confirmed and appointed to the Supreme Court, of course, what happens? Now, they've, they've also talked about that if, if the Democrats get in, what they may do is what's called stacking the Supreme Court. And you can go back to threats of this. If you go back to FDR, he basically threatened to do the same thing. He was going to uh, basically add, I think, and make it maybe 13. It was going to go from 9 to 13. And what he was going to do is he was going to pack it in with all these, uh, at the time, would have been probably liberal uh, Democrat judges. And then he got the, the court to back down on a bunch of other stuff. So anyway, um, and that's what they're wondering that if, if Biden will do, if he'll put in maybe like six more, six more um, justices and they would all be super liberal. And then you would have then for the next... 30, 40 years, probably, probably at least 30 years, it would be a super liberal uh, Supreme Court. And then, you know, the, and, and what they would do is they would basically advocate uh, from uh, from the from the bench, which they're not supposed to do. Uh, they're supposed to, you know, make rulings. And, and well, let's not get too far down in that. But anyway, do I think something like that would happen? I don't even if 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 Biden won, uh, if Biden wins. Uh, and again, I think I don't know um, what they're going to do, depending on what happens with Congress as a whole. Is there going to be um, a lot of uh, gun control stuff pushed through? Is there going to be and again, there's going to be other things that might be pushed through, but I'm not going to talk about, you know, those as a, as a concerning, you know, health care and and uh, some of this other stuff. And um, so the question is things like, well, what do I envision them, again, from a gun control standpoint, what do I envision them trying to, to push through? I definitely see what they're, again, going to call a, quote, you know, a so-called assault weapons ban come through. Uh, I think, and they, they might try it at first, what I would maybe see them do would actually be to do things like uh, maybe you have to register them or and then there's going to be magazine bans that they're going to try and or capacity uh, restrictions, I guess I should say, that they're going to try and get them to pass through. And it's going to be or the, or a lot of times what happens is these politicians, they are they get kind of out of touch. And I wonder, you know, speaking of being out of touch. Are they going to look at the vast amount of guns and ammo sales and think, well, you know, maybe we should back off a little bit. You know, I, I just don't know. All right. I dropped off some of my passengers here and uh, it's been a little bit, so I don't exactly remember 100% what we were talking about there toward the end. I think it was about what I... What do I think they're going to try and push through, uh, like you know, magazine restrictions, all that type of stuff? Again, I don't know. One of the things I had thought is maybe they would 
try and get you hooked on, you know, universal health care or something like that. And then once most people are on that because it's going to be a single payer system and they're, you know, but I don't know. This is this is kind of going way, way, way down the rabbit hole with that type of stuff. But, you know, once they get people either hooked on universal health care or UBI, which is universal, what is it, universal basic income, then they would be able to say, well, you got to turn your stuff in or you're, you lose all those benefits. And then they would also say something like, well, not only would you lose those benefits, we're going to put you in jail. So let's say if they, if they ban, uh, all semi-autos or something like that and then you and nobody turns them in and they're called the, the cops are called out to your house uh, and they they end up finding it or you know your ex-wife or your ex-husband knows that you have that stuff and they they basically report you or turn you in you know I, but again this, this stuff is so far down the road and so much rabbit hole stuff that I don't really think that's a big part of it what I do think that they will do you know, would be to try and get stuff to get rid of things like uh, ARs and AKs. Uh, and then they would go after semi-auto shotguns. They would go after any semi-auto rifle. And it doesn't matter what the features are going to be. Like I said before, magazine uh, limits, capacity limits, all that type of stuff. Would we as a country stand for it? I don't know. When we look at the lesson that was learned back in 94, when the Democrats did do the uh, assault weapon ban, you know, they paid the price for it. And it used, one of the arguments used to be, hey, if, if, if they make this law, then that law never goes off the books. But that's not necessarily true. No Congress is ever bound by the previous one, meaning that if they enacted some really heinous stuff or stuff that was clearly unconstitutional, you could have the next Congress that comes in, the next session, and they could say, look, this is wrong. These are bad laws. We're going to change them and we're going to strike these, strike this stuff down. Uh, and it used to be they would say, well, that's not going to ever happen. But I think something like that, if it did come, come to pass. Anyway, it, like I say a lot of times with this stuff, it is going to be very, very interesting to see how things play out over the next few weeks it will be interesting to see how um, how things play out in the senate it'll be interesting to see i don't know it's it's funny there's so there's so many different theories one theory and this is going to go we'll go down the uh, the political conspiracy rabbit hole here a little bit so there is, and I'm not saying that I uh, ascribe to these, uh, or was it maybe subscribe to them? I don't know, ascribe, adhere. No, what's the word I'm looking for? It's late at night, so I'm kind of tired. Anyway, I'm not saying that I necessarily uh, believe these things or anything like that, but this is just theories that I've heard. So one theory is the reason that they ran Biden is because... Trump is such a whipping boy. They, they, they don't want Biden to be the next president. Uh, they actually want Trump to win. 
they want Trump to win because then they have basically a troll or a mud monster. Uh, you know, they have a demon that they can rally the troops around, that they can, you know, if, if Trump is in, maybe they can gain back the Senate. Maybe And maybe that's more sort of the long-term goal is let's let's we've captured the house let's main, let's let's maintain that and keep the house and then what let's work on is getting the senate and then once we have the house and the senate it won't matter all that much because we'll be able to sort of control everything we'll be able to if there's another uh, vacancy we'll be able to to in the supreme court either through accident or through you know, natural death, we'll be able to control who actually gets in. Uh, you know, we just won't approve of anybody if Trump's in there, and we'll just keep delay, delay, delay until he's out, uh, and then that will be that, and then when a Democrat comes in, we'll be able to take care of stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, I I don't know. I really, it's, it goes to, this is when you really see sort of that danger of just a two-party system. And we've had discussions about this before where the Republicans, they kind of court the gun culture a little bit to get you out and vote for them, but they don't really do anything for you. They just say, well, the other guys are going to really hammer you. And it's, it's probably true. Uh, but because there is no third or fourth choice for you, uh, you know, there, there is no party that says, hey, we're actively going to go out there and, and really fight for your gun rights. Uh, and again, you know, I, I find that if you were looking at this stuff again as an outsider, and, and let's say that you were looking at a different country's political system, what you would say is that the Democrats are not fray, afraid and they have of spewing out whatever rhetoric and that they have so... And partially it's because that they have captured the media and they have captured not just the media, but they've, it seems like they have for the most part, not a hundred percent, but for the most part, they are, if not the politicians themselves, at least people that agree with them so much that the gatekeepers of information. So if you look at Google, YouTube, uh, Twitter, all of these places are super, super far left and they're all super, you know, woke. And you look at the censorship that they're doing uh, and you, there are other, pro, excuse me, platforms. You've got Gab and you've got some, you know, uh, Parler, which I've looked into a little bit, but basically, I, you know, they kind of say they're oh we're all for super free speech, but then Parler wants all this information, and they you, when you read and look into some of what the stuff that they want and what they say that they're going to do in the fine print, it's basically the same stuff as Facebook, just nowhere near as popular. Something like Gab, I don't know. Something like uh, what is it? Is it uh, BitChute? Uh, you know, I I went on Gab and I went on BitChute, and because it is. Oh, they're saying, oh, you can come on here and you can basically say whatever you want. We're not going to censor you. And even those guys, they still have rules and, and things where they will say, oh, you know, if you are, 
engaging in stuff that is clearly illegal or if, if and it's harming someone. So if you're engaging in uh, trafficking, if you're engaging in child pornography, if you are, are uh, soliciting, you know, murder for hire schemes, things like that, or if you, you know, then they're going to they're gonna kick you off and kind of come after you type thing. But they're not going to come after you for any type of what would be colloquial, colloquially, <laughs> good Lord, I'm having a hard, I got the mush mouth tonight. Uh, what would be considered uh, hate speech, you know, but of course now everything is hate speech, but any disagreement is hate speech. But anyway, on their thing, so you go on these deals and it is so filled with vitriol and hate and, you know, just racist like literal racist stuff, not like the snowflake kind of BS that we're being told is racist, just if you disagree with somebody, but literal racist stuff. And it, it's on there so much that you can't, you know, every comment, if somebody posts something, every comment is like, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's against black people or it's against Asian people or it's against, you know, Jewish people or it's, you know, and it's just like, oh my God, really? You know, so that's going to turn a lot of people off. I don't know. You know, again, there is that adage and I know we're kind of going away from gun stuff, but there is that adage of the cure to hate speech is, you know, good speech or the, the cure for bad speech is good speech and if you're if you see a lot of hate out there what you need to talk about is then a lot of love for lack of a better term Uh, you know talk about acceptance and compassion and kindness and uh, there's also the was there was also the idea of hey uh, which it has a, a little bit I don't know should we talk it has a uh, the consequences kind of are if you took cancel culture but scaled it way 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 back so the ideal was hey it's better to have this guy who is a legitimate racist or who advocates for you know a lot of this horrible stuff it's better to have that person out there and then you just you can make it known and then choose not to associate with them, but you don't, you know, try and uh, like burn down the guy's business or burn down the house or whatever. You say, hey, this is this person, and if they want to have a whites-only business or if they want to have a business where Jewish people can't go in or uh, you know everybody but black people can go in, then you make that known, and then people would then choose, you know, not to, not to associate with them or would not to, uh, wouldn't um, patronize their establishment, that type of stuff. I don't know if that, you know, would happen a little bit, but again, it's, you know, with cancel culture has gone so far that really, and what you saw was sometimes it was levied against some horrible people and it probably again what I was talking about was kind of it worked you know to where you have oh here's this horrible person who you know isn't going to do this or isn't going to do that or hates this type of people and then they go out of business because people say you know what I'm not 
I'm just not going to shop there. I'm going to go somewhere else. And then that guy can't afford to stay open anymore. Uh, but it has gone so far that you see, you really see there's that term, they're eating their own. And to be fair and to, and to be intellectually honest, the right, the far right does that as well. And you see it, you see it happen too in gun world and in gun culture where it's not as bad as it used to be. But when I first really kind of dove into the deep end of the pool a little bit, man, you, it it was there. And, you know, I, well, I don't want to sound like I was, and oh, I spoke out against, but, you know, I talked about, oh, you know, you, you can't just have it be this sort of homogeneous thing where everybody is only like old white men. You know, you've got to have, you know, you've got to welcome, it needs to be welcoming for everybody and it needs to be inclusive of anybody that says, hey, I want a gun to protect myself. You need to welcome that person in and maybe later on that, that person becomes a strong ally for you. Maybe they never do. But if you have a guy who is you know, a far left guy and he thinks, well, I should be able to have an AR to protect myself. And then the people on the far left are telling him, no, you shouldn't anymore. And you've got to turn that stuff in. That guy at least has some skin in the game. So anyway, I think I have kind of rambled on long enough. I know it's been a while since I've put out the show and I can't remember if I've on the last show, if I I don't think I did because I think the last show I was able to edit through uh, through my old software. Uh, I had Adobe Audition, the uh, what is it, Creative CS 5.5. So it's about uh, I think it came out. It's like the one that I the program that I had. I think was I don't know maybe at least ten years old probably. Well, anyway, that program finally, it won't even pull up on my computer anymore. It finally took a dump. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to have to go back to Audacity right now because I just don't want to spend money on buying another program. Uh, and in fact, even my, my computer is so old and it's had some updates, even um, GarageBand won't open. There's probably a way where I can maybe do a workaround. I'm going to try and do that stuff too. But anyway, I'm this show that when you hear it will have been edited on Audacity, which is a free open source uh, audio um, editing program. And that's what I used my first couple of years until I got the uh, Adobe thing. And I'm so used to the Adobe stuff. Uh, but we'll, we'll kind of have to go and see how it does on there. I'll, I'll get the hang of it again. And uh, maybe one of these days, I don't know, I'll buy a new deal. Or maybe when the computer finally gives up the ghost, I will. And of course, um, some people will say, well, why don't you just reload everything? I don't even have any of the stuff anymore. Uh, you know, I don't, there's no, I don't have the serial numbers that you would need to, to work it. Even if I could get it to upload, um, you know, I don't have any of that, the stuff that you need. So I'm looking around and every, and you know, audacity is a good program. Uh, but it, uh, like I said, it, it's a different operating system, you know. So it's like driving a, you know, you drove a, a stick for years and then you went and got used to driving an automatic and now you're having to drive a stick again. And it's just, you can still do it, but it's just you're a little rusty. And so you don't have some of that muscle memory as far as editing and that type of stuff goes. 
Uh, so anyway, let me know what you guys think. I'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what do you think is going to happen if Biden wins? What do you think is going to happen if Trump wins? Do you think there's going to be unrest? Do you think it's it's like eh? Do you think that tensions are going to be so high again that if something happens where the police shoot somebody, whether it's justified or not, you know, do you think things are going to kind of go bananas again? Is there going to be, uh, people are going to be so worked up that Trump is staying in office and that, you know, basically that Hitler is still in office? Uh, you know, I don't know. And I've, I've seen people who, well, I guess I don't want to go down too far into it, but Again, with that, uh, well, I tell you what, let me uh, just, uh, we'll just end it here. Let me give you the um, contact info. So the voicemail is 206-745-2731. Firearms Cafe at protonmail.com is the email to send in audio or your own email, and I'll get that stuff out for you on the air. All right, my friends, hope this wasn't too rambling, and uh, I will talk to you guys next time.